You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fanside Network. Today's episode of Locked On Wolves is brought to you by Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. So start now at shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy, uh, well, I guess not so happy post-game podcast. The Timberwolves lost the Washington Wizards. Of course, the Wolves had won seven of their last eight games. But on Wednesday in D.C., the Timberwolves fell to the Wizards by final 115 to 107. This is the post-game podcast. We're going to talk all things Wolves-Wizards. What happened defensively to the Wolves? What happened offensively to the Wolves? Uh, really kind of all the way around. It just kind of a weird game. It was a close game, obviously, really until the last minute. Um, so, you know, what happened in this one? Also, Carthy Towns injured his, what appeared to be his tailbone or lower back late in the game. So we'll talk about that too. We'll break it all down. We'll do key takeaways as well as individual studs and duds on the show today. First though, a thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. And a reminder that Lockdown Wolves is free and available on all platforms. That of course includes YouTube as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, so Wolves-Wizards on Wednesday. Of course, the Wizards came into this game with the winning record. Uh, you know, a, a team that's played well. They've had some good luck in close games. They're relatively healthy. Uh, Bradley Beal's been disappointing this season, but still, uh, you know, Davis Bertans is another player who's been really disappointing this season, but um, to, to a, obviously a greater extent than Bradley Beal. Of course, Beal's still quite good. He's just not having the season that we're all accustomed to seeing. So I said on the on the pod for Wednesday show, I thought this was a very winnable game for Minnesota. I thought if they rebounded the ball and Cat stayed out of foul trouble, they'd win this game. Well, they were in it. It was a one possession game uh, really until the last, uh, I guess, midway through the fourth quarter. It got up to 10 and then the Wolves got it back to six. And then uh, I think it was a Contavious Caldwell Pope three kind of sealed it with about a minute to play. But this was a close game throughout. Um, early in the game it was very sloppy. Both teams actually played pretty well defensively early, but it was almost equal parts terrible offense for both teams as well. It was 24-24 after the first quarter. And the game was kind of, we'll get into this more here in a minute with key takeaways, but the Wizards were kind of daring the Timberwolves to go into the post to Carl Anthony Towns. And I don't know, uh, and they were mostly single covering him. They started the game with Kyle Kuzma, mostly guarding Towns, kind of morphed into uh, Daniel Gafford, who we'll talk more about later. He had a fantastic game on both ends of the floor, really. But he kind of set the tone. He blocked a Carl Anthony Towns, a would-be Carl Anthony Towns dunk in the opening minutes of the game, and then had another block a short time later. It really set the tone for the Wizards to kind of dominate things in the paint in this game. Washington ended up being a plus 13 on the glass. They ended up uh, blocking six shots in this game. Uh, they caused the Timberwolves to, uh, or excuse me, they blocked seven shots in this game um, and enforced, you know, 12 Timberwolves turnovers. And, uh, you know, the Wizards, they weren't outstanding defensively, but they were certainly better than the Wolves were defensively. And that started with Gafford in the paint. It started with their, with, really, again, daring the Timberwolves to play through Towns in the post, knowing that they could then kind of, um, you know, mitigate what he was able to do, try and get him into foul trouble too, right? And, and that hasn't been hard to do this season. To Towns' credit, he actually was pretty good in this game. Both two of his three fouls were um, almost intentional fouls because he had he had fouls to play with. Guys go into the rim and him, him fouling guys that were about to score in the second half. Um, so this is, you know, 
a luxury that we haven't seen from Towns at all recently. But um, early in the game, Towns was not efficient. He was like four of, I think he started four of 10 in the paint. Um, and he had a big second quarter, but it wasn't ultra efficient. Um, and, and that, that was difficult. But then as the game went on third quarter, he got a little bit better. Eventually he was going to start making shots. Um, the problem was that the Timberwolves defense, as soon as the offense started clicking, the defense took a half step backwards and the Wolves tried all kinds of things defensively. We'll get into that. They tried some zone and they tried switching up their pick and roll coverages and nothing really seemed to stick And Washington for the most part got what they wanted, you know, really after the first quarter. Um, this game was close. It was about a two possession game midway through the fourth quarter. Carl Anthony Towns shot a three pointer from uh, really kind of the, uh, I guess it was more almost straight away three. And he did the thing. We've all seen Towns do this. If he thinks he can draw a foul, he'll kick his leg out. Usually they call nothing. I don't know that I've ever seen him actually get the foul call um, when he kicks his leg out. He did that in this instance, got the foul call. And then, of course, upon challenge, it was overturned. Montrez Harrell was not, they took the foul away and the the ball got jumped at center court. The Wolves got the possession, but then didn't score after that instead of Towns getting three free throws. By the way, uh, the reason I bring that up is if Towns hadn't stuck his leg out, they probably still call the foul because Montrezl Harrell did not run into Towns' leg. He ran into like his hip and his his upper body almost, and he still would have crashed into Towns. Towns didn't need to stick his leg out, but because he did, they took the foul away and he ended up not shooting free throws. It's a bad habit that Towns has gotten into. And, you know, 10 years ago, they didn't even call that an offensive foul. Now they do. And so instead of Towns drawing a foul, he's going to be called for a foul most of the time when he does that. Um, but that, you know, at the time it was a two possession game. They could have cut it to a one possession game. Um, and then from that point forward, it, it never really got closer than six. I don't believe. Um, but that was, that was kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back at the end of the game. I should also mention here off the top that Towns landed hard on his tailbone. He had a dunk that cut the lead to, he cut it from 10 to eight. Um, and you could, if you watch the replay, he got the dunk baseline, his left hand slipped off the rim. And so he was trying to catch himself, but at, you know, uh, with his left hand slipping off, he's, his legs swung out. He landed square in his tailbone and, uh, you know, speculated that it's a tailbone injury. It could be lower back, but it, it didn't look good. He had to come out of the game. He was laying down on the bench, took him back to the locker room, apparently before the game was over for x-rays reportedly, um, various folks are reporting that on Twitter. So we'll see as of this recording, we don't know how serious it is. It did not look good. The Wolves have tomorrow off. They play in Brooklyn on Friday. So we'll see. And then they've got two days off this weekend, Saturday, Sunday. So if it's, you know, a Hopefully it's not a, you know, a, a fracture or anything like that, which would obviously be terrible. If it was a bruise, maybe they give him Friday off. You know, he, he can maybe heal up in time for Monday's game. He ends up with five days off or something like that. Complete speculation at this point, but um, it definitely did not look good and he was not able to finish the game. So the Wolves ultimately lose by eight. Uh, it was a little closer than that. Obviously this was a, essentially a one-two possession game for most of it, uh, but the Wizards kind of pulled away at the end. Next, what I want to do is I want to hit uh, really, I guess, kind of four key takeaways from this game. Um, what we can pull out of this game, apply forward to the Brooklyn game on Friday and uh, and what we can hang our hat on after this one. So we're going to do that next before we get to individual studs and duds after that. First, though, let's talk about the title sponsors of today's program. And that, of course, is Shopify. In case you didn't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS 
our point of sale app and accompanying hardware. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility and Shopify helps you make your entrepreneurial dreams come true. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale, reaching customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. It allows you to gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. Go to shopify.com slash NBA for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash NBA right now, shopify.com slash NBA. Let's also talk about our friends at Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped save them over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. Could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash Locked on NBA. Okay, let's talk key takeaways. Uh, number one for me, the defense, uh, 115 points given up. They'd given up under 100, I think, nine times this year and like seven out of the last nine games overall. This was bad. Uh, and the Wizards are an okay offensive team, but I talked about this on the show Wednesday. They're not a great three-point shooting team overall. Bradley Beal's having a down year from three. Bertans was having a down year from three until this game, of course, his best game of the season. And, you know, they're middle of the pack offensive rebounding. There's really no reason why Minnesota should have allowed so many easy baskets to the Wizards. It's really weird. Um, but they did. Uh, it started with rim protection, and, and the Timberwolves were still playing their typical, you know, playing at the level defensively in the pick-and-roll game and having the low man try and step up and Xing out on the perimeter. To, to contest corner threes, but they were just kind of a, I don't know, it was more than a half step, maybe three quarters of a step slow in this game. The low man wasn't consistently getting to where he needed to be. Not having Jade McDaniels, who missed another game with due to illness, that obviously mattered. Um, in my opinion, Jared Vanderbilt was was a, at least a half step slow in this game. He, of course, missed Monday with flu-like symptoms. So I, I don't know if the illness is still impacting him or not, but he definitely seemed to be slow. Anthony Edwards also, by the way, who was questionable before the game with with a, an illness, flu-like symptoms, he he didn't have his best game either on either end of the floor. Uh, so the defense, the rim protection, the rotations, everything was just slow. Um, and I don't know that the effort level was bad. It was pretty good in the first quarter uh, that when they held him to 24 points. But then it just kind of was more and more sluggish as the game went on. And it, it just felt like there wasn't a whole lot of energy in some respects, similar to the Charlotte game last Friday, which was sandwiched between the big win over Miami and the big win over Philadelphia on Saturday. Uh, it was a similar kind of vibe. Um, so definitely disappointing. And the Wolves even tried. I mean, they tried some different things. They tried mixing in some zone, uh, which which hasn't worked very well this year for the Wolves, although it's gotten a little bit better in, in recent games. Those possessions, I actually thought the Wolves scrambled pretty well. The Wizards made some tough shots when Minnesota was in zone. 
um, and they made them pay. They tried it late in the game when they were down a couple of possessions and it didn't work. Uh, they tried switching pick and roll coverages instead of playing at the level of the screen or at the level of the ball. They've, they, um, they, they didn't, they tried switching more than they often, you know, they don't usually switch everything, right? They're fighting through screens. They're playing at the level. They tried switching everything late in the game. Nothing really seemed to click. And it was a combination of the Wizards had a solid game offensively. The Timberwolves were sluggish. They were missing Jaden McDaniels. Josh Akogi had a so-so game when he was in there. Um, it just it just never clicked. Uh, and it was a rough defensive game for, for the Wolves. Uh, my second takeaway, I guess that was my defensive team takeaway. We'll do an offensive team takeaway as well. Felt like the Wolves, and, and I haven't like dug into the shot chart after the game, but I noted this multiple times in my notes during the game, the Timberwolves seem to be shooting a lot more mid-range jumpers in this one. Um, and I don't know that that's, I'm not concerned. The Wolves still lead the league in three-point attempts per game, and they still squeeze the trigger from beyond the arc 37 times in this one. But it was like, they just didn't quite want to get all the way into the paint. And and I mean, they still attempted 26 free throws. It just it just felt like as, as kind of sluggish as the defense felt at times, the offense was, lazy is maybe a strong word, but just a lot of pull-up mid-range jumpers, double clutch, you know, pump fake, dribble into a mid-range jumper. You know, Anthony Edwards, uh, Towns didn't take that many, but, you know, D'Lo did his typical thing. Um, and they just, I don't know. It just didn't feel like uh, the Wolves did a very good job. Really, there, there wasn't much flow to the offense. Um, and this the, the second piece of this is the struggles in the paint shooting the basketball. They just weren't making shots at the rim. Uh, Towns started out struggling there. He got better as the game went on. Anthony Edwards had another game where he just blew a bunch of layups. Um, and they're not easy layups, but occasionally he makes things more difficult than they need to be. And I don't know if it's because he's trying to make the spectacular play or if he's simply trying to avoid contact that he probably should just absorb and get to the free throw line or if he's just assuming he won't get the call. And so he's trying an acrobatic, you know, reverse layup. Um, which he missed a couple of those. He missed a couple of scoop layups that he typically would make, you would think. But um, the at-the-rim percentage, that's something I want to focus on. I want to look at that on Friday's show when we preview Wolves-Nets. I'm going to look at at uh, Anthony Edwards' at-the-rim shooting percentage, both last year and this year, free throw rate. Some of the stuff you would we just anecdotally would assume that he would be good at, but he's actually struggled a little bit shooting the ball at the rim. And, and that was on full display in this game. Um, that's my third takeaway, but he wasn't the only one that struggled at the rim. Um, so that, that was kind of a second into my segue into my third takeaway. My fourth takeaway uh, is D'Angelo Russell had a really rough game. He shot three of 18. He was one of 12 outside the arc called as a number a couple of times when he shouldn't have, but outside of shooting, he, he played really well. Um, and if you want to hear my full, if you're a D'Angelo Russell fan and you missed the show on Wednesday, go back and watch or listen to it. Cause I spent, I don't know, almost 15 minutes just praising D'Angelo Russell. Cause he's been so good over the past two weeks and outside of shooting the ball, he was really good in this one. He had nine assists, only three turnovers defensively go back and watch the final two minutes of the game, or maybe don't because generally it was really depressing. But even though he was missing all these shots and didn't get some foul calls, he thought he should have gotten D'Angelo Russell. This is, um, he was competing defensively. He forced Bradley Bill into a turnover in the final couple minutes of the game when the Timberwolves were still trying to get back in it. He, I mean, old D'Lo, and by that, I mean, probably like three weeks ago, D'Lo would have hung his head, not, you know, basically kind of sulked and not really competed defensively. He competed defensively for all 39 minutes. He was on the court in this game. And again, very encouraging, not explaining away the three for 18. We'll get to studs and duds later and his name's going to come up. But his all around game outside of shooting the basketball, 10 points, nine assists, five rebounds, two blocks, only three turnovers in a team high 39 minutes for D'Lo. It's hard to complain about that effort level. It's hard to complain about him 
genuinely competing for all 39 minutes he's on the court instead of packing it in, knowing that he had a rough shooting night and the Timberwolves at that point were probably going to lose anyway, but he was still competing uh, the entire way, uh, you know, through the possession. He, you know, just really impressive. And Bradley Beal can get to the rim and score, uh, but but D'Lo made him really kind of work uh, late in the game um, and really throughout the game. I, I thought the point of attack defense was actually fairly solid when it when it was D'Angelo Russell out there. And, and and obviously that's something that Patrick Beverly, having him on the court would impact quite a bit. He would uh, be able to give Russell some support and, and goes without saying, I mentioned McDaniels earlier, obviously Beverly missing as well. Both those guys missing is a, is a huge issue for the Timberwolves defensively. Okay, I want to close with individual studs and duds as we always do. We're going to get to that next. First though, let's talk about our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues the march towards the playoffs, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball to football, NHL to boxing, and UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, individual studs and duds. Uh, not too hard to, to figure out for this one. Number one for me for the Timberwolves in terms of studs is Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, he didn't have his most efficient shooting night, and um, there were a couple of bad turnovers mixed in there. But generally speaking, I think anybody will take 34 and 10 all, every day of the week. 10 of 11 at the free throw line, which was good to see. He had one assist, one steal, one block, three turnovers in 33 minutes, which compared to the nine turnovers he had on Monday against the Pacers, not so bad. Um, of course, the injury late, but generally speaking, Towns was solid. He had some kind of, you know, gimmies he missed early in the game, um, but but the, he was the best player on the floor for the Timberwolves, I thought, all around in this game, and it was a good performance. Number two for me in this one is uh, is Nas Reed. He uh, mostly played in relief of Towns, but he did play a few minutes with Towns. He was on the court with Carl Anthony Towns when Towns got hurt late in the game. But Nas had 13 points on a 6 of 10 shooting, hit a three-pointer early in this one. 13 points, three rebounds in 18 minutes. He did have four fouls. A couple of them were cheapies. But for the most part, Nas played really well. And especially if Towns is out Friday in Brooklyn, again, speculating, don't know that. But if he's missing, Nas is going to get a heavy dose of minutes. And he's played really, really well this season overall. So um, good to see him perform well yet again. The third stud for me in this one is going to be Anthony Edwards. Um, It wasn't his best game, but across the board, yeah, I mean, the Timberwolves just didn't play that well. Vando was a step slow defensively. Torian Prince missed some open shots. Josh Kogi was ineffective. Malik Beasley was ineffective. I mean, there's nobody else to really write home about at all in this one. So Anthony Edwards, four of nine from three, seven of eight at the free throw line, 25 points in 30, on 17 shots. That's relatively efficient. Three rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. You'd like to see him do more in some of those other categories. And he did have three turnovers, but it was okay. It was just a, a weirdly quiet 25 point performance from Anthony Edwards. And, uh, you know, defensively, I mentioned earlier, he seemed a, a half step slow, at least as well in this one. Um, a dud for me in this one, it's gotta be D'Angelo Russell. I know I talked about his, besides his shooting, he played well. Um, I mean, you shoot three of 18, you can't not be considered a dud in this one, one of 12 outside the arc. And uh, D'Lo is never going to stop shooting to uh, for better or for worse. And in this case, it was maybe for worse. Although with no towns on the floor and Ant kind of 
you know, having a lackadaisical game, it was good to see D'Lo continue to stay aggressive on both ends and, and the Wolves needed to kind of catch lightning in a bottle late. So I don't really fault him for that, but the three of 18, one of 12 from deep, only four free throw attempts in 39 minutes for D'Lo, not his best performance. I would also, you know, Malik Beasley was okay. He competed, but three of seven shooting, they need more out of him, especially, especially, you know, uh, with, with Patrick Beverly out, um, in this one, the town's getting banged up late. They just need Malik Beasley to do more. And I know I've said that after almost every game this season, but I'm uh, going to continue to say that until we see some level of consistency out of Malik Beasley. Um, that's it for this one. I mean, there's really nothing else to say. It just was a game. They just got beat. The Timberwolves were not very good defensively. They weren't efficient enough offensively. They were step slow. These games happen in the NBA. It's disappointing when it's a winnable game against a team. I know that they were 13 and eight, but we talked about this in the preview. The Wizards aren't really a 13 and eight team, right? They've had some lucky wins. They've beaten some bad teams. They play in the Eastern conference. This is a game that the Wolves really should have won. Um, and it's disappointing that they lost that said over an 82 game season, you're going to have a handful of these and it's not like they got blown out. They competed uh, for the most part and we're in the game towards the end. So disappointing, but um, it kind of is what it is. Now it only gets more difficult. The Timberwolves are in Brooklyn on Friday. They wrap up the East coast swing at the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, Brooklyn's fantastic. Uh, then they have the weekend off before coming home for a three game homestand next week. Games Monday, Wednesday, Friday against three winning teams, the Atlanta Hawks, Utah Jazz, and Cleveland is surprising, although they've struggled a lot recently. They lost, I think, six in a row. But the Cavs next Friday in Minnesota, Ricky Rubio's return. So um, lots of difficult games coming up. We'll talk about this more on Friday's show, but I think it's 16 of the next 17 games, if I'm not mistaken, are coming against uh, winning teams with winning records. Um, so, I mean, you got to go to like January 5th and 7th against, you know, two consecutive games against the Oklahoma City Thunder before the Timberwolves get to play two straight games against a bad team um, or even a even a losing a team with a losing record, not even just a bad team. Uh, so it's going to be kind of a murderer's row over the next two, three weeks here. Uh, we'll break that down a little bit on Friday as well as, as promised, we'll talk about Anthony Edwards' numbers at the rim and what he could potentially do differently to be a little bit more consistent there. Uh, but that'll be Friday's show. Otherwise, that's all we have for you today. Thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. And uh, a reminder that you can listen on any platform or watch on YouTube. If you don't want to watch, if you don't want to see my face, will you, uh, you listen to my Timberwolves analysis? You can listen on any audio platform that includes Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at LockdownTWolves and at BBeacon. That's BBeacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. All right, that's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to the show. Remember, Lockdown Wolves is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.